1: You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is George Camel, and you're listening to the Earn and Invest Podcast. For
1: years, we've been told that when it comes to money, young people are different. Sometimes we older folks say such things with scorn. We shake our heads at millennials and Gen Zers and criticize the lack of material wealth. Other times we envy their ideas of work-life balance and their refusal to sell out. Then the pandemic happened and it separated old and young by a digital divide. When it comes to personal finance, to responsibility, is the message the same as it was a decade ago? Maybe you're more established and past worrying about such things. But what about your kids, your neighbors, friends? George Camel, Ramsey Solutions' newest personality, is on a mission to teach millennials how to handle money the right way. George is the former host of the Dave Ramsey Show video channel and current host of the Entree Leadership podcast. George, welcome to the show. I was reading that before working with Ramsey, You're a pretty talented and accomplished musician. How the heck did that lead to a job with Ramsey Solutions? I'm picturing you singing a few notes to Dave to try to get the job.
0: Luckily, that was not part of the job interview. I'm not sure I would have made it in if if that was the case. (laughs) But yes, I grew up playing music. I always loved to be kind of out front, entertaining and connecting with people through a message through art and music was a great avenue for that. And so really what happened was as a musician, you have to be a good marketer. You, can, you know, connecting with people with the music is just as important as making great music. And so what happened there was I got really into marketing and marketing led me to social media, email marketing, and that led me to an internship and temp job at Ramsey Solutions way back in 2013. So that was kind of my foot in the door, but I really have always been passionate about reaching people in a creative way with a unique message. And it ties to exactly what I'm doing today.
1: This idea of being an entertainer makes sense when I think about your trajectory, right? Because you started more with things like email marketing, but it almost seems like being out in front of a crowd would suit you more based on your history.
0: Absolutely. You know, I'm a team player. And so I realized sitting at the laptop, I could do that all day long but really when I could be out front and coming up with new ideas and connecting with people, that's where I would come alive. And I think, you know, a lot of people in my generation, they're realizing those passions early on, which is so great. You know, it took me a journey at Ramsey. It took me four years to finally realize, wow, I really enjoy being out front, being in front of people, being on stages. And luckily they noticed that too. And they saw something there and they said, Hey, maybe we should move you to this seat on the bus. And that was the, perfect seat for me in that moment. And it led me to where I am today, spreading our message to, you know, millennials, Gen Z, this, these younger generations to help them figure out the stuff that I learned way too late.
1: And tell me about your financial journey during the same time. I mean, when you came to Ramsey Solutions, what was the state of your finances? Were you already on board with the Ramsey message or was it something you picked up as you started working there?
0: You know, when I started, this stuff was still new to me. And I, I made all the mistakes you could make. I graduated with $36,000 in student loan debt. I had racked up $4,000 on credit cards and I thought it was normal. I didn't even think I was in a bad place, but I also didn't have any margin in my life. I couldn't do all the things I wanted to do, but I just thought, well, this is just life. This is adulting, right? And so following Dave Ramsey's plan, the seven baby steps, that really changed everything for me. I got an emergency fund in place. I started paying off my debt using the debt snowball method, and that really led me to paying off all my student loan debt, having a fully funded emergency fund, and I got to investing very quickly. And that was a game changer for me when I found out, oh, there's someone else's plan out there that has worked for millions of people. Maybe I should stop trying to do things my own stubborn way. As you were
1: discovering this yourself, did you think kind of in the back of your mind, hmm, maybe the Ramsey message has to evolve for the younger generation. I kind of asked in the intro, is the advice still the same decades later? I mean, I feel like, especially with the pandemic, this is really a different generation of earners out there than we were looking at, you know, in the early 2000s.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You know, people look at some of our principles and they go, well, we need to adapt this. It's 2021. Things are different. And what's funny is that the principles have never changed. And truthfully, Doc, they never will. They work. And they've worked for the last 30 years, and no economy, no president, no earnings, no, it doesn't matter. The principles stay. Now, the environment changes, right? And so we have to approach things differently from a content standpoint, how we're talking to, who we're talking to. Those things do change because we didn't have the student loan crisis 30 years ago like we do today. And so we need to approach that head on and say, hey, wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to pay back all these student loans? And guess what? Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to wait and hope for? you know, the White House to do it for you? What if you could do it yourself? And what I, what if I could make you believe that you could do it? And so that's the kind of messaging that we're starting to develop for these younger generations because the older crowd, you know, my parents, they didn't have to deal with these problems at this scale like these millennials and these Gen Zers do. So I I do think the principles will never change, but the way we communicate them will always change. Go more into detail about how you're
1: communicating different You developed the Foundations in Personal Finance program, bringing the message to high schoolers. How did you change the way you were talking about these things that are clearly foundations? And I agree with you 100%. It seems to me like the foundations are always going to be the same, but the details change. How do you talk differently about the details to high schoolers?
0: Well, for starters, you don't want to talk down to them. And so when we started making this curriculum and I was the host of the curriculum, I was very intentional about making it fun. And being relatable and saying, hey, I've made mistakes too. I'm not here on the mountaintop on the tower going, hey, all you youngsters need to do better with money. It's saying, hey, I'll be the first one to admit that I messed up. And where would you be if I could set you up for success before you ever make these mistakes? You know, what if we could make you a millionaire by the time you're 40 and have you living your dreams instead of having you live in regret because you didn't follow these basic principles? And there's so much that students aren't being taught in schools today. And it's clear, you know, we cover things like, budgeting basics. We cover things like how to save money, how to save for large purchases, like a car, how to save up for your emergency fund. We cover credit and debt and consumer awareness issues. We cover college and career readiness, financial services and banking, and what the differences are between a credit union and an online bank and all these different things. Insurance, income, taxes, what happens with your paycheck, what gets taken out, real estate, investing. There's so much to cover that really schools are now starting to get a hold of much thanks to this curriculum, which is in two thirds of high schools across America. And so we're really starting to see that headway and seeing students' lives change before they ever graduate high school.
1: Up until this point, were you even seeing any high school curriculums that were touching on these things?
0: you know, we've had one for years, but this one we wanted to do a full revamp and refresh. So this message has been in high schools for years and ours, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's the best one out there. Um, But this one is the best curriculum I've ever seen. Even if I didn't work here, The, the team did such an incredible job from a video standpoint to really make it connect with that younger generation. These aren't stuffy 45 minute lectures that the kids are having to watch. I made sure personally, I was like, if I'm not having a good time you know, writing these scripts and doing these videos, then the kids aren't going to be having a good time. And so I made sure to include a lot of humor, a lot of entertainment while we educate them. And I think edutainment, combining those two things, is so important for these generations because, truthfully and rightfully so, they're listening to podcasts, they're watching YouTube. They want entertainment first, but they don't mind being educated along the way.
1: Speaking of edutainment, you started talking about this curriculum by saying that you tell the students, look, I've made mistakes too. Tell me about a big mistake that you like to tell the high school kids about.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, for starters, it was not having conversations with my parents about college. When it came to college, it was kind of a, hey, work hard, get good grades, and then go wherever you get into. We'll worry about the money later. And I didn't understand that concept. My dad kept saying, you know, don't, don't worry. Hey, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I thought, wow, this guy's not worried at all. He must be saving up a lot of money for me to go to my (laughs) dream school.
1: And not so one of the much. Biggest
0: eh? mis- yeah, exactly. So one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes I made was almost going to a film school that was going to cost $200,000 for four years. And I didn't have any financial aid and no scholarships. And luckily this is before I even knew about Ramsey, but I thought that feels like a lot for a film degree. I'm not sure what job I'm going to get out, out of this. And we just saw this recent article come out from Columbia, big film university in New York. And The median debt was 180 grand and the median income was 30. And you're going, oh my gosh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to look at this thing and go, the numbers here are so skewed. And so one of the biggest mistakes early on was not having those conversations about, hey, dad, how are we going to pay for this? Because if I knew it was going to be all student loans, I would have had a much different approach knowing, hey, on the other side of that, when you finally do get a job, your money's not going to get to stay with you. You've got to give it to other people, to lenders, to the student loan companies. And so the biggest advice for the young generations that haven't graduated high school is stay away from student loan debt, because it's going to set you up for success once you graduate.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about the Borrowed Future podcast, which is a series you did about just that. But before we do, you know, you made an important point there, like the debt to income ratio of your average college graduate is far different than it was a few decades ago. And that is one way I think that kids of today are really facing a much different mountain to climb.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, my parents' generation, they didn't have to deal with student loan debt at the scale that it is today. And we've seen the cost of college has skyrocketed and and it's gone up and up faster than the housing market, faster than any other market. And we cover this in the Borrowed Future podcast and in the upcoming documentary we have this fall. That's kind of the sister to that. It's the video side of that. And that's really the heartbreaking side. And you can kind of see why the colleges are going, hey, I think these students are willing to pay whatever it costs. And there's a lot of villains, right, that you could could point your finger at. It's the student loan companies who are willing to loan you any amount of money, which makes it really easy for you to borrow with just a few clicks. And it's the parents who are pressuring their kids to go to their alma maters, and they want to be proud of them. They want them to go to the college they never, they were never able to go to. And so you feel these social pressures. Hey, my friend's going over here. Hey, I love that football team. They have cool landscaping. They have a cool facility. And you start to lose sight of what college is all about, getting an education that fits the goals for your career future. And instead, it turns into, we want you to have a great four-year experience at this college. And that ends up having a $180,000 price tag. And the students walk away going, I was dealt a bad card. What happened here? No one told me that I was going to have to pay this back and it was going to be this much a month. No one's looking at the interest rates. And so what I want people to do is get a clear picture of what their goals are and then match that to the education needed for that goal. And I think if we did that, we'd see a lot of people going to state schools, going to trade schools, maybe going a non-traditional route. Where you're realizing, oh, I don't need a four-year degree to go do this thing that I really love to do. And so I agree, there's a very different problem that they're faced with. And the solution is if you have that student loan debt, pay it off as quickly as possible and don't wait on any one government or thing to happen to change your life. You are going to change your life. And once you realize that, that you're the problem and you're the solution, you can really begin to make some headway with your money. You know, it's a it's a very powerful
1: message personal responsibility. and I know a lot of people will look and say it's the university's fault or they'll say legislation needs to change. You guys are looking at it different. You're saying, well, that is what it is, but we've got to take responsibility.
0: Yes, we're not we don't have our head in the sand going la 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 la. we we understand that legislation does need to change. and you know the the student loan program funded by the government needs to stop. They're just giving away all this money. There's so many things that need to change, but what I don't want is for these graduates to sit around waiting for change to happen instead of making it happen. And the way you do that is through our baby steps that we teach. And if you tell me you can't be done, I'm going to tell you, you need to look harder because I meet people every day that come into our lobby. They go on to the Ramsey show on our debt-free stage, and they tell these amazing stories of sacrifice about how they paid off their student loan debt. And we're not talking about people who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. A lot of times these are average salaries with above average student loan numbers, and you're going, how did they do that? And they share their stories about the things they sacrificed, the the things they didn't do in order to have the short-term goal of paying off their debt. And we find that in most people's cases, in 18 to 24 months, they can pay off all of their consumer debt, including their student loans, which is absolutely incredible. So we've talked about debt and how that
1: certainly has changed over the last few decades, what about for young people today earning and saving? Is there anything different in the world or is this the same story that people have been living throughout the decades?
0: Well, I think when you look at the numbers now, when you have 180000 in student loans, that $35,000 income just doesn't seem to cut it. And so I don't think it's that these younger generations are making way less money. I think they just have staggering amounts of debt that they're walking into their adult life with. And they're going, hey, this doesn't add up. I can't afford a $1,000 a month student loan payment. And so I, I don't necessarily think it's this income issue. I think it's a debt issue. And the sooner we can clean up this debt with whatever it takes, with whether it's side jobs, whether it's slashing expenses or delaying buying that house or buying that car, or worst of all, going further into debt, which is never going to help. The sooner we can clean this stuff up, the sooner we can gain our income back. Because I found people with... Hundred thousand dollar plus incomes who are completely broke, and I've met people who make thirty five thousand dollars a year who have margin in their life to go on vacations and pay cash for cars and do all kinds of amazing things. So I I don't want people to think, well, I just don't make enough money, so I can't. That's not for me. That plan isn't for me because I don't make enough. And you know, income can be a problem. We want you to have as big of a shovel as possible to clean up your mess, to create wealth, to do all these things. And but when you're twenty years old, twenty one years old, twenty three years old you may not have the income that your parents have. You're just starting out and that's okay. So what I want you to do is not focus on the number. I want you to focus on how you're going to clean up the mess and start to follow this plan and get ahead. Do you think the level of motivation is
1: different? I mean, it's one of the favorite laments of us Gen Xers and the baby boomers to look at the millennials and Gen Zers and say, oh, you know, they're lazy. They don't want to work as hard. Is that something you're
0: seeing when you're out there in the world? absolutely not. You know, we like to say there's two types of millennials and two types of Gen Zers. There's suck and there's awesome. So there's two sides of the coin. And the ones I meet that come to our lobby, they're absolutely incredible. They inspire you. They're they're 26-year-old couples who are paying off their homes. And you're going, that's lazy? This couple that sacrificed and worked their tails off to get to this point. And so I don't see that as as being the case. Now, there are some who may be Like what I was talking about earlier, they're waiting on someone else to change their life and they're living in their parents' basement going, woe is me. What card was I dealt? I can't get out of this. And I wouldn't say I I think there's a there's a cynical apathy happening that can come across as laziness, but I think they just need some motivation. They need someone to come alongside them and go, hey, I understand where you've been, I know what you're going through. And I know a way out if you're willing to do it. And once we can motivate these young people to get excited about their goals, about their dreams again, and then we can use money as a tool to get us there, I think we can change an entire generation.
1: Yeah. It it reminds me how important mindset is, is if you can get people to the right mindset, they generally can accomplish their goals. And when it comes to money, it's the biggest lift, right? It's to get them there mentally before they do the right things physically
0: absolutely we talk about you know personal finance is really just 20% head knowledge it's 80% behavior it's about the things that you do so we can know all the right things but you know i know what to eat i know that if i go to the gym every day i'm going to get in shape but it's that behavior of being motivated to go to the gym to create those disciplines in our life that we know are going to create health or wealth in in the case of money and so that's really what it comes down to i think we have access you know we're in the, we're in the information age we have access to google at any moment we can learn about 401k's and investing and all these things but i think a lot of people they, they go but that's that's not for me that's for someone else or they're learning the wrong things right with social media and tiktok and instagram and youtube there's a lot of there's a lot of educators out there but we don't always know their motives. They might be trying to sell a product. They're, they, they're trying to make a commission. Or they might legitimately think that their product is the best when really we've done the math, we've done the research, and it's not. And so we found that you know our stuff, our plan, the products, the companies, the services that we recommend are the shortest path between you and wealth without taking these shortcuts that will lead you into debt.
1: We're talking to George Camel, Ramsey Solutions' newest personality who is on a mission to teach millennials how to handle money the right way. We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is Earn and Invest. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Here on Earn and Invest, we often talk about fintech, but specifically, which apps do you use that makes your money easier? Well, I like to send people to Unify Money. Unify Money covers the whole gamut of our financial needs, including savings with high-yield savings accounts, spending, including credit cards, as well as investing. A core part of our long-term financial security and resilience is building an investment portfolio. The earlier we start, the better, and the less we lose in fees, the more money we will make in the long run. Unify Money helps you create a personalized investment portfolio effortlessly and gives you the option to trade actively across both traditional equities as well as stocks, funds, alternative assets, cryptocurrencies, gold, silver, coins, and bars, you name it. They even have fractional investments in precious metals. Everything you can think of, you can find it at Unify Money. Check them out. Go to earnandinvest.com slash unify. That's earnandinvest.com slash U-N-I-F-I. Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to George Camel, the former host of the Dave Ramsey Show video channel and current host of the Entree Leadership podcast. George, a moment ago, you were talking about how we can be misled by social media and the internet. It's an interesting question. How do we keep young people for getting the wrong information? It's out there, right? People are getting personal finance info from TikTok, from Instagram. How do we send people in the right direction?
0: Well, you know, for starters, I think it's great that they're actually engaging with this type of content, right? It's not just silly cat videos. They're actually wanting to learn about this stuff. They're going, hey, I want to know how to how to do adulting right and how to take control of my money. And so what you got to look at is check the sources. Where are you getting this information? How are those people making their money? Do they really have a heart to help me? And really, it comes down to who do I connect with? And so obviously, we aspire as a company to connect with all these people and intersect their lives before they can make a bunch of mistakes and get a bunch of bad products. And so I love to look at who is this person? Oh, they're they're trying to sell me on this, you know, whole life insurance. What is that? Let me look into it. Let me ask other people in my circle. Let me do my research on this. And you know, I'm proud to work for a company who's not out there to screw people over and sell them on bad products. We exist to provide hope and we've learned so much over 30 years of doing this and helping create millionaires that you would hope to go what results have they given to other people? And if you don't see that part, that's a giant red flag that this person may not, they they may be a lot of talk and not a lot of walk. And so obviously our stuff is absolutely incredible. So if you're out there and you're going, who can I trust? I would start with Ramsey Solutions. Our team works so hard. We have amazing researchers and writers that are out there providing trending content. They're providing the stats and giving you actionable advice. They're not out there to rile you up and get you upset, which is what most of the media out there is doing. We're out there to actually help change your life. And so there's a big difference there. And so you got to really look at what media am I consuming? Why am I consuming it? And is this person really worth their salt when it comes to financial advice? The media really
1: played a big role in our understanding of the pandemic. Has it changed people's economic lives and futures, especially young people? Has it changed the game
0: at all? Well, I think what we've seen is if you're if you're glued to the media, you're probably going to have a very negative view of the world and you go, oh, my gosh, the crypto crash, the stock market, all the housing market, everything's a bubble, everything's falling apart. Woe is me. How can I get ahead? And when you really just pause and turn off the TV and turn off social media and start to focus on your own life, I think you you shed a lot of that anxiety and you realize, oh, the world's not falling apart. I can have deep, meaningful relationships. I can do deep, meaningful work that I love to do. I can get paid to do it and I can run my own race. And I think it's when we stop comparing ourselves to what's happening on the media, what's happening with our friends on social media, what they're doing. That's when we really can begin to find progress with our own money journey. So I want people to have tunnel vision when it comes to their own goals and their own money situations.
1: What about digital entrepreneurship? I mean, there's definitely been a rise in people working virtually or even going into business themselves during the pandemic.
0: How is it changing young people's economics? I think they're realizing that there's a lot of options out there. And I love that, that they're going, hey, I don't have to go this traditional route. There's a lot of ways to skin this cat. And I think they saw their parents work jobs they hated for 30 years, right? And they're going, I don't want that. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to start my own business. And I love that they're having those goals and their and those dreams. But what I find is debt is holding them back. And the reason they want to go do all of these things, maybe, maybe it's something they don't even want to do, but they they see it as a get rich quick scheme, right? I'm I'm on TikTok and I'm seeing all these videos. Hey, go buy my online course where I can teach you about Amazon drop shipping and everything feels so slick and look how much money I'm making. And they have screenshots of their of their you know financial reports. And that's when I go. Red flag number, you know, 14 on that one. But I want people to actually go do things they want to do and that they love to do and not think about, hey, what's the next get rich quick scheme? And I get they don't, they don't want to work a nine to five for 40 years. For some people, that's the case. But what they don't realize is that entrepreneurship means you're not working nine to five. You're working seven to 10. You're working even longer hours because now it's all on you. And so I don't want people to have this idea in their head that they can just go work three hours a week. It's, it's never that easy. And anyone that's selling you on that is not helping you. They just want you to buy their online course and show you how you can do it too. And so I think what people need to do is really find work they love to do and not look at, Hey, how can I work as little as possible and make as much money as possible? And really our plan is such a great path to give you the margin to go do the things that you want to do. If you want to travel, I want you to be able to travel the world. And you know what, if you follow this stuff when you're in high school, Absolutely, you can retire at 40, 45, 50 years old way earlier than your parents did and go do that stuff. Uh, and so I think all they want is a different path. And luckily, there's a lot of options out there with the internet and with online businesses that they can do from their home if they're creative and willing to work hard.
1: I, I love this point about how social media glamorizes entrepreneurship, but it also glamorizes making money. Let's talk a moment about fintech. I mean, you talked about crypto, there are all sorts of new platforms that make it easier than ever to invest. Do you think it's a good thing? Like I worry that people now have such an easy time throwing their money at cryptocurrency or whichever stock is most popular that they're getting a little bit hoodwinked.
0: Oh, absolutely. And worry is the right word. I am very worried. I think it's great that we've we've made it accessible for the everyday person to invest and shown people that, hey, this isn't just for for rich people on Wall Street. This is for everyone. But what I don't like is people following the trends because when you follow the trends, you will fall for the traps. That's what we found here at Ramsey. And so I want you to go old school. I want you to have blinders on and ignore the news, ignore what's going on with crypto and go old school. Because we found, we did the largest study on millionaires, over 10,000 of them here at Ramsey. And we found that the boring old company 401k was the best path to becoming a millionaire. Not hoping that you chose the right crypto out of 5,000 that happened to hit. I mean, we might as well go to Vegas if that's the case and just start pulling every slot machine. And that's what's happening with crypto. And I see you know, friends, my, even my own family members who are putting a lot of their money into crypto and just hoping for the best. And there, there, there's this gamification with apps where you're glued to it. And you're hoping, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade this. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to start you know, investing in all these different cryptocurrencies. Listen, I'm not against crypto, but I want you to do the right things first. And what we teach is that you need to be investing 15% of your income into good investment plans, like your company 401k or a Roth IRA, long before you ever dabble in crypto. And I want you to do that after you're debt free. Because then you have all the margin in the world. You've got your income back. And so now you can start to tackle not only your investment, but you can start to think about the future. Maybe saving for your kid's college. Maybe you want to pay off your house early. Uh, Maybe you want to give outrageously. And so that's really our plan. It's old school, but it works every time in any economy. And it will work in the year 3000, just like it does in the year 2021. Are young people
1: resisting that message? I I can imagine myself headstrong coming right out of college and having... A young, humorous, successful guy, like you telling me, you know, you just need to get a job, pay off your debt, put your money in your 401k, I might resist that message a little bit. It just might not feel as exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can understand why. It's because they're on social media and they're watching sexy videos about how they can become a millionaire tomorrow. And I'm saying, hey, in 20 years, you'll get there. And it's it's not that exciting when you really look at it comparatively to the guy who's trying to hoodwink you, the wow guy saying, hey, buy this course right now and next week you'll be a millionaire. And the truth is, the proof is in the pudding. Where are all these millionaires out there that they're creating? Well, we have the proof. I get to meet them every day. They come into the lobby and they say, they, they whisper over to me, hey, I'm an everyday millionaire. And that's what we call them. They're everyday people. We're, we're not after the doctors and the lawyers and the athletes and the celebrities. I want people to see themselves as a future millionaire. And I believe they can get there if they follow these steps. And I'm a perfect example of that. I'm not a millionaire yet, but I'm on the path because I follow these steps. And it wasn't long ago that I was a guy with a negative net worth, was $40,000 in debt who didn't see a way out, who just thought this is normal. And now, you know, by the grace of God, I'll be paying off my house next year at 32 years old. And so I'm not a special. I'm not rich. I'm just like everyone out there listening. I'm just a guy who decided to follow someone else's plan instead of my own. And I think that's where we get locked up. We go, oh, I'm so stubborn. I want to do my own thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. But you know what? My, my situation is unique. I'm special. <laughs> Once you figure out, no, you're not. You're just like everyone else, living average, living normal. And I, we want people to be weird. That's what we call it because it's countercultural. Our whole message is going against the grain. It's swimming upstream. It's saying, stop following the trends, do things Grandma's way, save up for a rainy day, because a rainy day is coming for you. The pandemic's coming. And you got to be ready for a job loss. You got to be ready for the HVAC to go out. You've got to be ready for a medical issue. And so really what we teach people is be prepared and be building for the future instead of paying for the past.
1: I want to make a point of this. I actually asked the same question to Chris Hogan about everyday millionaires, but I'll I'll ask you the same question. So anyone can become a millionaire.
0: Absolutely. And here's the thing. You might think, ah, it's too late for me. And the truth is it's not. Now, if if you're 85 years old, listen, <laughs> it may not be in the cards for you if you're just starting today, but it doesn't take long when you really look at the power of compound interest. And when you really look at, hey, once you're out of debt and you have an emergency fund and you're investing 15% of your income or more, and you have a paid for house, you start to add all this stuff up and your your cars and all these things that you own. And you realize it's just a math equation. It's what you own minus what you owe. And if you owe zero, well, the other side of the equation is always going to look a lot better. And so with, you know, 15 to 20 years of investing the right way into good growth stock mutual funds, instead of dabbling in single stocks or crypto or whatever the the latest trend is, I've seen it. I've seen people go from, from zero to millionaire. And it doesn't take 50 years. And it's not for just the rich and famous. It's for everyday people who are willing to have discipline day in and day out, long term. You know, it's the tortoise and the hare.
1: We're talking to George Camel, Ramsey Solutions' newest personality. I'm Doc G, and this is Earn and Invest. Have you been enjoying listening to the Earn and Invest podcast every Monday and Thursday? Well, if so, there is a place you can go 24-7 to continue the conversation. That is the Earn and Invest Facebook group. Go to earnandinvest.com slash Facebook. Again, that's earnandinvest.com slash Facebook. There we continue the conversations that started in the podcast. We cover everything from current topics to the economy, to personal finance, you name it, we discuss it there. We'd love to have you come join in on the conversation and become part of our community. That is earnandinvest.com slash Facebook. We'll see you there. we're back with George Camel of Ramsey Solutions. He is the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast and soon to be host of the Fine Print Podcast. George, let's talk about your position in Ramsey Solutions. I'm thinking back to the early days of Dan Ramsey, and I feel like his message was a little bit more fire and brimstone. Tell us about using humor to teach about finances. What role do you think it plays and how have you found it to be either effective or ineffective when teaching young people?
0: Well, Doc, you you were talking earlier about, you know, how does this message connect with this younger generation? And we talked about edutainment and a huge part of that is humor, because I, I believe you can laugh while you learn. It doesn't have to be stuffy lectures and it doesn't all have to be, you know, jokes with no meaning. I believe we can mix the two and really allow people to have a good time and to be entertained and walk away going, you know what, I'm going to go pay off my student loans. I'm going to go cut up that credit card. I'm going to go buy a house the right way and have the patience. And so I grew up uh, loving comedy. I've always just kind of been a comedy nerd. I love watching a good stand-up special, you know, whether it was Seinfeld or whoever else. And I realized that humor is one of the best ways to diffuse and let people put their guard down. Because I think with money, it can get real tense. It gets personal. There's so much tied up in that. It's your childhood. It's your upbringing. It's, it's your literal net worth. And a lot of people see their value in how much money I do, do I have and I don't have it. And it's, it's America's number one problem. I mean, we, we've done research and it's showing that it's the number one thing on people's minds. And I think if we can use humor as a tool to let people's guard down, to diffuse that, to connect, I think we can then change people's lives. And it's one of my favorite ways to connect with people is how do I frame this up in an entertaining way? Maybe it's an analogy. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe I'm weaving in pop culture to really make it connect and get their attention and focus. You ever worry that the message will be lost? No, I don't think so. I think the way that this generation connects, they're not going to connect with a stuffy lecture. They would rather you entertain them and they walk away with a little bit of conviction. And I think it's those small steps that are going to lead someone to then go, you know what? I I think he's right. I got to do that thing. I don't think it's, you know, the fire and brimstone. I'm going to stand up on the tower and tell you how terrible you are and how you need to change. I just think this generation, they don't want the judgment, right? They're like, why are you, why are you so judgy? Just let me live my life. And so I think we need to meet them where they are, in the places they're already hanging out, and speak to them in a way that makes sense, that they can relate to, And I think once we've earned their trust, then they're willing to let me be, you know, kind of the nerdy friend who's like, come on, bro, you know, you got to pay for credit card, right? You know, you got to cut that thing up and they go, yeah, you're right. But I think you have to earn that trust first. And we are a trust brand. That is how we have changed so many lives is because people trust what we have to say. And the reason they trust it is because they've seen it work, right? It's word of mouth from a friend who said, hey, you got to check out this Ramsey guy, man. Or they go, how'd you pay off all that debt? Oh, I followed this thing. I I watched Financial Peace University or I started doing an every dollar budget or I I read the total money makeover. And so there's always a point, you know, with life change where someone, a person, a human being intersected and was a part of that life change. And I hope to be that for thousands upon thousands of millennials and, and Gen Zers out there who are going, man, this adulting thing is not as easy as I thought it would be. Or I've, I've worked really hard. I don't know why I can't get ahead. And I want to come alongside them as a friend and say, hey, man, I get it. I've been there and I found a way out. And if you're willing, I'd love to hang out and tell you about it. That's a very different conversation. And I think humor is such a great tool to get there.
1: Yeah, the the connection between humor and empathy is so clear with what you were just saying. If you can both make someone laugh and to empathize with them at the same time, you're much more likely for them to actually listen to what you're saying. We talked a little bit about millennials and Gen Zers being different. One thing that many of us look at and see them and say, boy, they've got a better concept of work-life balance. Do you find that to be true?
0: For one, they don't want to just live to work. And that's a, that's a big change, right? My parents immigrated to this country and they were in a survive mentality, right? It was, we got to take care of the kids. We got to do whatever we need to do to make sure that our family's okay. And I think our generation, we, we have a little bit of a luxury. You know, we live in America. And so we have this mentality of we're not trying to survive. We're trying to thrive. And what that means is we're not going to live to work. We're not going to live for the paycheck. And I love that mentality. But we also need to couple that with really good financial habits and a really realistic vision of what we want out of life and what it's going to take to get there. And that's where I think we need to marry the two and go, hey, it's great that you have this goal, but you're not going to get there from crypto. You're going to get there from a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, and it may be temporary, right? Like getting out of debt, people think, oh, you know, Ramsey doesn't want me to have nice things. They don't want me to go out to eat. And No, I want you to have all <laughs> I just want you to do it on your terms. I want you to be building for the future instead of paying for the past while you do it and not go home with the anxiety of that vacation that you paid for on your credit card. And so those are the things that I'm like, people misunderstand and they think, well, we're not about you having stuff. I'm totally good with you having stuff, having amazing experiences, giving outrageously to others. That is where I think the blessing comes from when you feel this rich, meaningful life. And I believe you can't spend your way into a meaningful life. You especially can't do it with other people's money while you're making payments. And so it's just a different mentality. We have to get people to understand that goals and dreams are great and stuff is great, but you can't do it with debt. You're not going to get there. So tell us about the Fine Print
1: podcast. I think it will be live in August. Is that right?
0: Yes. We launched this thing August 1st. And the Fine Print really was birthed out of all the stuff that we've been talking about, feeling this need or something different that could connect with a the younger generations. And so it's a very different style podcast. It's not a call-in show. It's very narrative and it's really fun. I, I made sure to weave in humor in there, weave in a lot of facts and research and empathy and stories and experts, all kinds of things woven in to a 30-minute consumable format. And we're really excited about it. The tagline is the hidden truths that are keeping you broke. And as you can see from all the stuff we've talked about today, there's a lot of things out there. There's slick companies. There's sketchy marketing, there's Instagram ads, there's money myths, there's your broke brother-in-law, there's the pressure from society and the news and social media, and people are making decisions based off all of that pressure instead of basing it off of facts and research and their goals and their dreams. And so what this podcast is going to do is really cover those trending topics and cover these things that we all think to be true and really help them understand the fine print behind it, whether that's credit card rewards or the truth about credit scores or what's going on with cryptocurrency or this housing gold rush that we're experiencing right now. And so I really want to take the stuff that's happening in their world and help them understand it. And most importantly, give them actionable guidance for what to do in light of it.
1: I like that. You got to read the fine print. What do you get when you get what you think you want? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ooh, man, I got to sit on that. That's a great line.
1: <laughs> Sometimes they're not the same,
0: right? Yes. Yes. I And I think that's the biggest problem is we do these things expecting a certain result and we don't get it. And then we get cynical and we get apathetic and we think, well, I got screwed. So I don't want to do that again. And so I want to help people do things the right way, whether it's for the first time or clean up a mess that they they made over here to start to do things the right way so that they can feel that progress so that they can live a life with more margin and more meaning and more freedom and more options. That's what it's all about.
1: One of the downsides of our social media world today is we're always looking for an answer in sound bites. Is the fine print necessarily complicated?
0: No, a lot of the times it's not. It's just us uh, taking the blinders off for a second and go, hold on, how are these buy now, pay later services making money? how how am I getting free vacations for my credit card rewards? And I want people to really look beneath the surface and realize that it's not about it being complicated. It's about us understanding the mechanics behind this all and the motivation behind what these companies are after. And, you know, these buy now, pay later companies, for example, it looks like they're selling you freedom. They're using a lot of the same language that we might use. Hey, we want you to have financial freedom. We want you to free up your money. And what that means is, hey, pay us over four payments So that you can have more money in your bank account right now that you'll give us later with interest and fees. And so people are kind of hoodwinked into these these quick things that feel like a Band-Aid. What I want people to do is get to the root of the problem and go, oh, I'm not living on less than I make. I spent more this year than I made. And once you start doing simple math, you go, there's got to be a better way. And that might look like budgeting. It might look like getting out of debt. It might look like getting the right insurance product. And so I just want people to make the right choices. And I believe that they can become confident in those money choices if they learn things.
1: What I'm getting from our conversation is is two main things. One, obviously, is debt is a killer and we have to pay it off. The other is that we've got to learn the fine print, be intentional, learn. Sometimes that learning involves humor. Like we don't have to be stuffy. We can have a fun time. We can enjoy ourselves. But you got to go out there and do the work. And once you do that, uh, you can build a strong financial future, maybe even become a millionaire. George, I wanted to thank you for being on the show. And I wanted to end this episode the way end every episode by asking you what is up next in your life. And if we want to know more, where can we find you? So first, what's going on in your life?
0: Well, we're really excited about this fine print podcast launching August 1st, and everyone can go subscribe. They can go listen to the trailer. It's out right now. You can just search the fine print wherever you listen to podcasts, and we've got so much more to come from that. We're going to have a video component next year that we're really excited about and more shows, more awesome stuff, and people can always find me on social media at George Camel. That's K-A-M-E-L, and I love to connect with anyone who listened to this and uh, just know what you thought about it.
1: This has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank George Camel. That's a wrap. You know what really feels lacking in my life lately? Community. The reason why is with COVID going on and most of us stuck in our homes over the last year and a half... This sense of the personal finance and certainly the earn and invest community has gone to the wayside. One of the things I've totally been missing is seeing people in person. Well, I'm happy to announce that I will be at a number of get-togethers and conferences over the next few coming months. The first is Camp Fi Midwest. That is from September 3rd to 6th. You can go to campfi.org and check it out. I will be giving a talk on the three roads, the three paths to financial independence. It's in Minnesota. We would love to have you there. I believe there are still tickets available. If you've never been to a Camp Fi, I highly suggest going to one. It's just a great group of people getting together to talk about important things. If you've never been to one, they are life-changing. Then I will be at FinCon September 22nd through 25th in Austin, Texas. You can go to finconexpo.org. FinCon is one of my favorite conferences every year. Creators of all stripes, business people, entrepreneurs, podcasters, bloggers, You name it, you can find them there. A huge group of people. We will also be doing a get-together for the Earn & Invest podcast as well as the Stacking Benjamins podcast. That's going to be the Tuesday before the conference starts. You'll hear more here on Earn & Invest as well as in our Facebook group. So we'd really be excited to meet you in person in Austin. And last but not least, I'll be going to the Economy Conference. That's November 13th and 14th in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can go to economyconference.com to learn more. The first economy conference was right before the pandemic started. I was one of the speakers there and it was a blast. Diana Miriam does a fabulous job on her conference. This will be the second one and the list of speakers is amazing, including my partner Joe Salcihai from the Stacking Benjamins podcast. We are going to be putting on a live Stacking Benjamins episode. You can come sit in, be in the crowd and see how the sausage is made. The other thing is coming in the future, we don't have the dates yet, but Joe is going to be traveling around the country to promote his new book, Stacked. This is his personal finance book derived from what he's learned both by being a financial advisor as well as the host of the Stacking Benjamins podcast. I will be joining him for a few of these get-togethers, especially in Chicago and Wisconsin. Come meet Joe, meet me. We can go ahead and talk about his book, Stacked, as well as podcasting and personal finance in general. I really think it's time. I'm hoping that the pandemic will calm down enough that we can get out of our houses and see each other again. I look forward to meeting you all in person. Check me out at one of these events. I hope to see you there. Cool. Thanks, Doc. Was there anything you felt like we should have talked about that we didn't or anything you wanted to promote that we didn't get a chance to talk about?
0: I feel like we did. We covered it. You were such a great interviewer, honestly. You were super <laughs> you. thoughtful, super well prepared. I love the questions. It's such a great conversation. We haven't really dug into, you know, the difference between the generations and how to communicate to them differently. So I love that we touched on that component because I think it's so important because people are going, yeah, but that information is not for me. That's for my parents. That's stuffy. And I want people to realize that these money conversations can happen, you know, at this age and they don't all have to be about how we're all broke and, you know, laugh at how how poor we are. I want people to feel that progress. So I think this this interview was such a great way to start that conversation for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, well, I've been real impressed with... Ramsey Solutions and part of the reason why is I feel like you and Rachel and Anthony bring the kind of message the really important message that started with Dave and Chris and really bring it to kind of the younger generations and I think it's I think it's brilliant because different generations just respond differently to the way the information is delivered and like you said I mean it, there are like we love to make personal finance complicated, but the truth of the matter is we all know that there are just a few basic concepts, right? You get those few basic concepts, and then you can obviously learn the rest of the details later. Um, but it's harder yeah. to con- it's hard to convey that. And and what I'm finding at least is the younger generations want a much different message than even I, as a Gen Xer, wanted, and probably baby boomers want. Um, It's just a different conversation. And so it makes sense. Like your story makes sense. You being a musician and an entertainer, being interested in humor and moving through Ramsey and ending up up on stage, talking to lots of people kind of makes sense because that next level, that next generation is to really build on that entertainment aspect of what we already know is amazing financial information, right? And it's always been amazing financial information. The question is just how to deliver it to the way that it hits the most ears, and uh, yeah, I've been I, I've been impressed to listen and watch um, how you guys have evolved and and kind of where you've landed, and so it, it 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 doesn't surprise me to see you moving through the organization and doing what you're now doing because that that makes a lot of sense.
0: That means a lot, thank you. I mean, you totally get it. You are you're you totally understand what we're after here and trying to reach that next generation because I I feel it. I go. How would how would my friends connect to this message? Who have no idea who Ramsey is, mm-hmm. and it may not be through a, the three hour radio show. It might be through a one minute video that I put out on on TikTok or YouTube, and they go, "Hey, I'm interested in this. I like what this guy has to say. I like the way he says it. It makes me laugh. I always learn something." And I think over time, that slow play, they go, "I trust this guy. Oh, he. Oh, I just learned that whole life insurance is really bad. I need to get term line <laughs> Okay, I need to look into that." And so I just want people to st- to kind of have that head tilt where they go maybe I am wrong. Maybe there is a different way. And it's not me saying I'm so smart. Look at me. I'm fully going, Hey, I followed someone else's principles and this stuff worked for me. And I got rid of the anxiety and cynicism I felt about money. And now I feel like I'm making progress and my wife works here. And so our family tree has already changed just because of that. And, you know, I'm excited for what my kids get to experience because of the life change that happened here. And when you start thinking that far out, it changes your decision-making. It's not about how do I get rich quick tomorrow? It's, Man, what kind of life do I want to leave for my family, for my kids, for my grandkids? So that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. It's really that future-focused thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I definitely, when I read uh, Everyday Millionaires, that was definitely like I, I, I definitely gleaned that concept of okay, it's time to let go of the glitz and just do the work, right? Because if you do the work you know we can all get there and i th- i think that that becomes clear i love the title of your new podcast i think the way oh, you explained you. it and i think there're just so many cool catchphrases i think you're going to have for the fi- fine print podcast i but... hope
0: so if you got any ideas send them over <laughs> you're a very creative guy i love the way you even you know introed the podcast it was so thoughtful and artful so i feel like we're we're kindred spirits in that way of just your approach to how you, you're doing your podcast so i love it you're doing great stuff